0: In the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann, wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. Do I thank you, or do I not thank you? Well, of course I thank you. Thanks for tuning in, or for tuning in again. This is episode number 127. Economics. What you're not being told about the U.S. economy. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, uh, especially the housing market. I... Would not advise anyone, if at all possible, right now to sign on the dotted line to get a home. There is a certain sociological and economic bubble which is going to burst. And I can see that happening in the next year or two. And yeah. Yeah so now is not definitely not a good time especially bearing in mind what i'm going to talk about um some rather unpleasant and disturbing news concerning employment and the economy we have been well in bad times for quite some time now, for several years. And I'm sure that many of you are aware of this. And it's been for multiple reasons. A number of those out of our control. But there are quite a few others that certainly have been caused, namely and primarily by... Greed. And unfortunately, as working folks, um, they're the ones left holding the bag. For the longest time, it has been that way, and now is no exception. Now, what I wanted to talk about in particular concerns. Walmart and Target. Um, These are, for the most part, within their range of the items that they uh, sell to consumers. There are a small clique of monopolies, but there is really apparently no honor amongst thieves. And what's been going on for some time now is, ironically, even though these are big mega corporations, they, in turn, are being strangled by another mega corporation. And in this case, of course, I'm talking Amazon. Um, Walmart as sad as this is, is America's number one employer by volume. And currently, Amazon's number two. I don't know exactly on that spectrum where Target is, but I'm sure it's significant. Now, you may have noticed in either Target or Walmart in the last year or so, that um, many of the items that you normally purchased um, aren't there. And we can talk again the whole sad story of COVID and supply chain problems and so forth. But I'm talking about something here that many people don't know about. That's what I do, and it is true. And um, this is um, this is narcissism on a level. Well, what can you say, good old Jeff Brazos? Anyway, um, this is about a monopolization of resources. When it comes to the workers, well, that falls into part of the equation for sure. But um, I'm talking about the goods and availability, or a lack thereof. And what has happened, particularly in the last two to three years, I mean, this started at least 10 years ago, but it's been creeping along ever since then, is they are telling us in the media of all of these problems concerning getting the the things, even just the necessities of our life with supply chain problems and so forth. And that's you know, has people upset, but um, it's something they can wrap their head around. And so they just continue to, well, fucking grin and bear it. But the fact is, that is only a relatively small part of the story. Let me tell you what's really going on. What's really going on is that there are X number of producers and suppliers of certain goods, certain common goods that most folks use even on a daily basis. And very silently and very cleverly, what Amazon has done is basically not only bought up the materials for these items, but they have bought, basically, the production. So, the idea is, instead of constantly competing, let's say, with the likes of uh, Target or Walmart on price, they figured they'd cut them off at the pass and simply get all the goods. And that's pretty much what they have successfully done. And so when you have all the goods and you have exclusive fulfillment contracts for those goods, it's just slowly suffocating the retail market, which is what it is designed to do. In other words, you know, Walmart can't make money selling widgets if they can't even get a hold of the widgets. But like I said, it's more calming and more placating to the general public to tell them anything other than the truth. And the truth of the matter is, for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, is that they have silently bought up all of the rights of both materials and production. And so with that, certainly that gives them the upper hand. And as a consequence of this, our number one employer, as sad as that is, Walmart is in trouble. And it's in trouble because of directly, you could put the finger at Amazon. And to a greater or lesser extent, the same thing applies to Target and other stores of that ilk. They are going to be dropping like flies in the number of stores that they are able to keep open simply because they no longer have a interest they do not have the vested interest in the materials themselves. So, again it cannot sell, sell you what they cannot get. Meanwhile, this is not the case with Amazon. Amazon has exclusive rights to items and the material production. And um, it's a stroke of genius. Um, I would not put it actually at the level of genius um, as far as the tactics that have been used to do this. Where the genius comes in, is putting out the propaganda concerning um, supply chain issue problems. And like I said, I'm not ignoring that that does exist and it is a problem, but it is not nearly as much or to the extent of the problem as you are being led to believe. Basically, um, Amazon wants to cut off the oxygen supply to Walmart and Target and like I said, those of their ilk. You may have heard, for instance, recently of a merger, a huge merger between uh, the Kroger stores and Albertsons. Now, if history repeats itself, and it often does, um, this is sort of akin for the sake of survival when two major companies or major corporations decide to merge for self-preservation, let's say. And we all saw how that ended up working out between Sears Kmart. And this is going to end up being another repeat of that same situation. Because if they cannot stand themselves, they simply will not even be able to deal with the Jaggernaut that's coming down the road. And that is going to be Amazon, which is heavily investing in the future of the food industry. And I'm not talking about what is going on with Whole Foods and that purchase. That's merely a sideline. This is something else entirely different. But here is... What is doubly or triply bad about this? You see, on the one hand, you have the free market people that constantly preach about the invisible hand and Milton Friedman and the free market, when the reality is they're not interested whatsoever in a free market. As a matter of fact, truth be told, they're not interested in any freedom as far as that's concerned whatsoever. What they're concerned about is having an absolute monopoly. And I'll tell you that, um, well, Simply put, if these places fall and without intervention, they will fall. The other ones will fall however quickly or however slowly, but they'll fall one by one. It's happening now. It's been happening all over the U.S. Store closures, and it's going to continue This does not, of course, even include the economic nightmare for the workers who work there, but that's not their concern. The first thing is to have market dominance. Now, ask yourself this. If we really did have, for instance, a truly free market, what do you suppose would how that would affect prices well it affects prices because they actually have to compete and when you have for instance a chain restaurant they're not interested in all the things that they talk about so well and so shiningly but the truth is of course They don't want any competition. So that is why, for instance, when you can have um, a person, one person who owns 5, 10, 15, 20 or more uh, of a given fast food restaurant in a town, and of course, most if not all, of the former independent uh, businesses or burger joints or what have you, well, they're run out of business because they can't compete. And that's the way it's designed, so that they cannot compete. Now, once you've accomplished that, in other words, once you become pretty much the only game in town, then you can turn around after you've accomplished this, and essentially you can charge any price you want, or as they like to say, whatever the invisible hand of the market will bear. Well, the reality is, as a consumer, a person who needs things, let's say in this case, food, you end up paying whatever they charge, because you don't have a choice. That is the truth of the matter. It's not about choice. It's not about you having a choice. It's about you not having a choice. Now, of course, on Mass... People are going to complain as they are complaining now about uh, the cost of food, the cost of necessities, the cost of living space, all these things. But the fact is, is that if this is being artificially produced, well, that's not talked about. If at best, if anything, it's very, very lightly touched upon but with no depth because for an example, let's say you have this person and they have you know 20 f- fast food restaurants, let's say they have 20 McDonald's in a given region. what do they need? what do they need as far as their life their immediate family taking care of their family making you know making some money what do they need 20 stores for well the answer is they don't they don't need 20 stores they don't need 5 stores so with this imaginary infinite wealth concept um they just justify it and say, well, you know, I'm just very successful. What can I say? No, no, that's not the case. Because if let's say you had in a given area 20 restaurants, fast food places, 20 Arby's, but actually there was only if we reverse this and we say there was one Arby's and then 19 other independent Burger joints. And that means since they're independently owned, and hopefully they even have family members, it's a family business working to make the best food that they can. um, That would be great because those families and those people are, well, they're inevitably going to do better, and probably in all likelihood, make a better, you know, a better burger. <laughs> I've seen that many, many times, countless times. But no, that's that's not what happens. And that's, that's why we live in the current uh, uh, plutocracy that we do. You can, if you're anyone that's, you know, well-traveled or whatnot I've been through, many many countless small towns all over the country, uh, some you know bigger ones and some smaller ones. but um, you know you go down their main road or their main strip if you will. And uh, all you see is chain fast food restaurants, all the all the big names. You occasionally see uh, you know a mom and pop, um, business, but that's, that's occasional. I mean, they, they have to have been very, very well established. And then oftentimes, um, they have to close up shop because again, they can't compete because the game is rigged and stacked against them so that they cannot compete. So what does all this mean? Well, for instance, just imagine for a moment since you have this let's say what some might call an illusion of uh, of choice. Can you imagine just one long strip and as far as eating there's pretty much one McDonald's after another. The same sorry sad you know, tasteless crap from each and every one of them. That's what you end up with. And that's where we are. And this is from a monopolization of resources. Not to mention the fact that, once again, all those people, all those potential people that could have had their own, uh, say, you know, burger place or pizza place or what have you, um, that employs not only, you know, the couple or person running it, but like I said, oftentimes their family. That's why it's called, that's the meaning of, and why it's called a family business. <clears throat> and they do a bit better, they are able to do a bit better if they have a level playing field, um, they're able to do better than they certainly by any measure than they would as employees of a corporate chain. But where this is going, I mean, and it's not just going, it's it's established. It's a fact. This is this has now become the reality is that you don't have a choice. Let's, let's get away from the delusion and all the hyperbole and all of that. You don't have a choice. You know, you've got Coke and Pepsi. Take a choice. Make a choice. <laughs> you know, and um, so as one company that gets huge, but one company then continues to cannibalize and gobble up another com- company, and they, in turn, gobble up another company. I mean, it's only a matter of time. And where we are right now, um, it's already there. That, where are you going to go? And the same thing applies to retail. Um, it used to be, for instance, the part of the idea was... I'm talking again many years ago to some of you. This is ancient history, if, even if I talk about the '80s. But you know, the idea was was that depending on if you're go- if you're looking at uh, clothing or it could have been um, furniture, when it's in there and you can actually feel it, examine it, and you know you can thoroughly check it out you're not you're not buying something in the blind you can actually check it out and for instance if you're a person who is um a a woodcrafter you can um if somebody else wants to buy a table i mean you could help them you could go with them and say well yeah that that particular um Uh, dining, dining room set up. Yeah, it looks good, but it's, it's junk. It's, you you don't want this. It's made like crap. And you could do that. Well, other than, again, very old, well-established, very, let's say, high-end businesses and places like that, you can't do that anymore. You cannot actually go and have the tactile and visual information that you need to make a good purchase because that is also being eliminated. So in this rush for everything, all things and everything being online and the gobbling up of all of these stores and independence, the end result, what's going to happen is of course monopolization. Then when you have that going on, that's when the fact hits home that you really don't have a choice. Now many, many years ago, um this was Contested and and battled in the courts, and we had uh, passed laws. This was before the U.S. government was completely taken over by oligarchs and corporations. When we still had, you know, some semblance of a democracy, there was the trust busting. And one huge case involving that was, for instance, uh, Standard Oil, which I believe was, uh, you know, owned by JP. Morgan. And uh, there were laws enacted and passed to break up these monopolies because, ultimately, yeah, it was great for JP. And that small entourage of people, but it was destroying the economy. And in turn, that's yet another problem that we're having is that, you know, these guys are quite literally uh, destroying the economy on multiple levels, in multiple fields, because they want it all. I mean, it's basically it's it's megalomania on an on a level that the the robber barons of old could not pop, probably even envisioned. And uh, you know they're crooks and criminals, folks, and uh, they are not going to stop. The fallout that everybody is dealing with, the fallout of, you know, shoddy stuff, low quality stuff that you buy and constantly being on edge concerning your employment. One day you have a job. Next day you've been downsized. Then they want to bring in. They they love to tout this, having the audacity to bring up um. The fact that, well, if, if people, you know, if they're not making quite enough here, there's always the gig economy. And the fact of the matter is, uh, people, uh, study was recently done on, for instance, on Uber. And, uh, yeah, of course, the promos and propaganda from Uber is just, oh, gee, you, you, all these smiling, happy people that you see in these... um infomercials if you will and you know just you're you're your own boss set your own hours and you're independent and all this and you know some of them make really good money the fact is the reality is on average on average an uber person is making roughly around 12 bucks an hour 12 bucks an hour as an independent contractor no health insurance no compensation I mean hey if you get laid up if you're sick tough shit and uh, cause they don't want to pay for any of that not to mention the fact of course in addition to that um, it's putting the wear and tear on your vehicle they're not paying for that either so All things being factored in, just as one brief, small example, that's why the gig economy with operations such as Uber are just such a complete con. So, when you have a very large percentage of the population as a consequence of this, that are just living paycheck to paycheck and with no, uh, no reasonable you know, expectation of things dramatically changing or improving in the future, this does not bode well across multiple industries. And of course, like I said, the housing market being what it is and the percentage rate going up to 7%, well, yeah, good luck on that deal as well. These are some of the things, just a few of the things, that I wanted to, to touch on concerning the economy. Um, because the huge, unstoppable, maniacal juggernaut that is Amazon is a major player in destroying the U.S. economy. And unless something is done about that, um, again, the dominoes will continue to fall. Because if our number one employer is Walmart, and those folks, they don't make a lot of money, okay? If they're having serious problems, what do you think is going on with everything else? that's our number one employer and i'll say this again as incredibly sad as that is you know we have no more manufacturing to speak of um the trades that money goes somewhere else and if we're not if no one can afford a home, then you're not even building new homes because no one can afford the financing. It's just a vicious cycle that only gets worse. So this is the reason why I said uh, several times in the past what we all got. Um, this is even we're talking we're talking, you know, pre Amazon days here. Our Amazon at this time was just getting started, you know, selling books as they originally did. But the whole marketing strategy was basically something for nothing. That was the thing of Walmart. That was their big thing with Walmart. It was essentially something for nothing and low, low prices. And that worked for quite a few years. And initially... The very beginning, because they had to, you know, do what they had to do to get established um, in the uh, in the United States to get established. But once they did that, it's just like a parasite on a host. Once it has gotten so huge and its tentacles are everywhere, then, well, they kind of change things. But think about this, if they can't even hang on, if Walmart, the likes of Walmart, are number one employer, if they can't hang on and Target can't hang on, what the hell do you think is going to happen? Because it doesn't matter how cheap any widget is if you don't have any money. You can't afford it. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to Listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.